What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a former C-level executive. She's a globally operating coach, trainer, and consultant. Please welcome Yulrika Seminati. Yay, I said it right. <laughs> Thank you, Diana, for having me in, for making the effort of pronouncing my complicated name. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. So anyways, listening, she is, she's German. It's a very German name. Where, where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Switzerland currently, where I'm living. I live half in Switzerland, half in France. So it's only a one and a half hour drive away yeah, from each other. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm joining you from Switzerland today. Beautiful, beautiful. So anyways, okay. I'm a for former C-level executive myself, and I love what you do helping leaders become better because in my experience, I hired and fired a lot of VPs of operations, a lot of CFOs, and I, a lot of leaders that are in those roles, they might have the experience, but they're just terrible leaders. So I would love to hear why you decided to do what you do. I think for exactly that reason. <laughs> yeah, I was working in corporate communications for over 20 years. So I was doing all the campaigns, you know, about values and leadership behaviors and what have you. <laughs> and, and I realized, I mean, towards the end of my corporate career, when I was myself at a C-level, I realized that it doesn't make any sense when leaders are not capable of communicating this authentically from human to human. Yeah. And that actually people need exactly that. And like you say, many leaders are great in terms of expertise. And that's why they have that place where they are today. Yeah. But leading people is a totally different story. And for many, it's a painful story because uh, naturally, you know, they don't have that talent. And they also certainly have to believe that they will never have that talent. And that makes it even more difficult. So I think it's very important that we change how we see leaders, that leaders change how they see themselves. And, and how they communicate with people so that they can create that trust that organizations aim for, that they can create that buy-in and the connection on a human level so that basically, in simple words, they shift from managing tasks, projects, or results towards yeah. really leading human beings. And that is a big difference. Yeah. So I have many questions, you know, and I think it's very interesting. We're in a very complicated time in, in our lives, in this world. The world has changed drastically since, since COVID. We've got AI now that's taking over. I mean, there are there are so many things that have, I mean, I feel like we've just been like on like super speed in the last couple of years. And so with that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, leadership, corporations, they're, they're evolving too. And how do they evolve in these complicated times, making sure they're staying engaged with their, with their you know, um, their employees and their teams and so all that. So how has that changed for you coaching them and making sure they're making those connections within, within the workplace? Well, I see there is more openness to work on, I call it the I dimension of the leader side. Okay. You know, before there was a lot about leading teams, leading teams, leading teams. And when I coach leaders or when I train leaders, they immediately shift into this, what I call the we perspective. You know, they look into, okay, what does it mean for my team? Yeah. And somehow, it's as if they shift the accountability of everything for that the team is doing that at the end. I help them to do it, but the team, the team. Yeah. And I say, hey, first of all, really, you need to change and look at yourself. You need to look at who you are as a leader, how you relate to the goals that you want your team to make happen somehow or make it a reality. 
because my leaders never really self-reflect on that. They just run. I mean, most of them are in a hamster wheel, so it's understandable, but they just run. And I think what the past three years have done is that there was this, this bracket that was open to reflect a bit, to hold on for a second and to think, hey, actually, is that right what I'm doing? Is, is, that, is that fine how I'm doing it? Is it fine for me how I'm doing that? Because many have never asked that questions over the past 20 years. Yeah. And what I see is this evolution. So the difficult times or the more shaky times and all this uncertainty that is just growing more and more leads to more self-reflection, I think, because people feel that if I am not, if I have not created the foundation for myself of what kind of leader I want to be, you know, what are my no-goes and what, what is my authentic wor- version of leadership, yeah. then I will struggle even more in the future because it's already like feeling working, walking on, on, on ice or something, you know, this feeling of, wow, it's very unstable here. And I think that has really shifted. So there's more openness yeah. to look at themselves, to self-reflect. These doors were much, much more closed, I think, three years ago, for example. Oh, oh yeah. So, I mean, I, when, I, when you say that, I think of personal development, right? And I think that personal develop has really started come, development, can't speak, has really come to the forefront for everyone, not just like coaches, business owners, but also for leaders. And that like when I was, I mean, we're talking like probably was it been eight, ten, almost 10 years ago that I was in a C-level position. And I was just starting to kind of like um, research personal development development for myself. But now I feel like it has really come to the forefront for leaders, especially to become better because the world is changing so much. Yeah. And it is definitely the key of it. And I think leaders start to understand that instead of shying away from it, it's clear that this is, this is the secret, actually, if you want to feel better. Yeah. And have that stress at the end because it's all about that as well. Having more time to do the things that you really want to do, not only at work, but also maybe in a private life. And all of that comes comes together when you really start being much clearer on your own priorities and not just in making to-do lists, but having this piece of, yeah, like you say, the self-development that you can have inside of yourself to just better understand how you relate to the things that you have to do every single day. And especially, how do you relate to leading people? Mm-hmm. No, it, how how does this really feel for you? And really admitting bluntly as well, if it does not feel great because you feel very insecure in this role, many do feel very insecure in leading others. And uh, admitting it is the first step to being able to grow and to learn something here. Because as long as you don't admit it and say, no, no, it's good enough. And I, I don't like it very much, but I'm fine. And then nothing will happen. And you'll always have this awkward feeling of, that's not my cup of tea. And I don't feel well in what I'm doing. That's that's interesting. A lot of leaders feel insecure. I would have to agree with that, you know, because and I I think it's probably hard for them to admit that. Yeah, the, the more they, the higher they're up in the hierarchy, the yeah. more it's impossible. I mean, how you, I mean, as a, as a CEO, it's it's very hard to admit these things. Or in in the C level era, I mean, among C levels, maybe if they have a really good relationship. But you will not admit that to the wider team and even less uh, towards the 20,000 people organization, for example. And I think this is the whole, this is actually a problem because that's why we have so much inauthenticity in organizations. Yes. Because the people high up there think they have to show up in a certain way. Because for decades or decades, there was this, or still is, this, this bias, this way how we see how a leader should be. And when someone is different, in the best case, it's refreshing and we love it. 
Yeah. But sometimes people get really irritated about that. And most people shy away from trying something different or trying out to show themselves more honestly, let's say, or being yeah. bold. Because they think, oh my God, I have no clue what the reaction will be. Maybe they will hate it. They will think I'm stupid. They will think I'm not competent. And how can I admit any vulnerability? You know, I mean, the work of Brené Brown is fantastic, obviously. But for leaders, how how can I admit that without losing my face? Yeah. And I think there is this thinking that needs to kick in that if you never show any vulnerability, if you are a CEO or a C-level in these positions, well, you don't appear as a human being. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. You want to create trust, you have to show up with your personality and not just with your corporate persona. And I think there is a big difference and it, it, it needs courage, definitely. The higher people are in the hierarchy, the more it needs courage. Yeah. So I remember, so I was an entrepreneur since I was a young girl. So I, when I, when I got out of school, I was personal training, I was doing party planning, and then I met my late husband and then we had five businesses together. So I really never worked in the corporate world until after he passed. Okay. And so after he passed in 2016, it took me like a year to get my life together. It was a very difficult time for me and almost make me want to cry. And then I, when I finally got into a, a job, like one of my first major jobs. So first I did retail, I was selling furniture. It was like, that was probably the best move for me because not a lot of responsibility, still dealing with all that stuff mentally and emotionally. I got a job dealing with med medical waste. I actually loved the job. Okay. Loved the people. I mean, it was, it was a call center. Got to talk to like, get, got to meet so many incredible people. And that like, that was my first experience really in that kind of role in corporate, et cetera. My first leader there was terrible. Uh, him and I used to like butt heads because he was, and excuse me, I'm sure he's not listening to this and he, I'm not going to even name any names, but he was like a very passive kind of guy, but he had to prove himself and, and he would not communicate very effectively. And like, he just was not a great leader at all because you could tell he was very passive. And when he wanted to like, show that he was boss, he would not do it in an effective way, like encouraging. He would just kind of like come at you in a, in a, in a really bad way. Well, I, moved, I got moved off his team, thank God. My next leader there was awesome. The best leader I've ever experienced in my whole life since my husband passed away. And he really empowered his team to make decisions on their own. I remember I had to give like a $40,000 credit to a company because at the time they had had a class action lawsuit because of these evergreen contracts they had, and they were they, they would just automatically do these price increases that were just insane. And so my job was retention, so I had to start fixing all these accounts. He went to the director, just like, you know, went above and beyond to make sure that I could get that, that customer, do, do what was right for the customer, and just empowered me and made me feel great. Like, wasn't micromanaging, nothing. Now, here are two different, two different people, same corporation, this guy and I got results. I was doing over 200% to goal with our structure. This guy barely could succeed because micromanaged, talks down towards us. And just like he had to like puff up his chest. And I was like, I think he'd be led more with the passive side. He probably, because that's who he naturally was. He probably would have done better and just, you know, but he had to prove himself. You know what I mean? So two totally different types of leaders. And it it's just... It's just very interesting, you know, the two different dynamics in the same type of uh, company. Yeah, same and like it made a whole difference for you as an experience. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, in the first case, you would have hated the company over over the years. Oh yeah, in the second, you loved it. Yeah, and we, I mean, even for for the two leaders, I'm sure that for the first one, it it is it was a pain to be in his role. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Because it didn't appear that, you know, we have many people who, who appear like being very confident and sure about themselves and they show off and all of that. Yeah. But actually, what I see very often in these profiles is that they have a, a, such a strong need to keep control that they cannot let go. This is where the micromanagement comes from. This is where this overstating their own competencies comes from and so on. And they suffer a lot from this permanent fear of losing control. So they're really stressed out all the time internally, even if if some of them hide that very well. But it's not a good place to be. Wow. <laughs> so if someone is listening, who will be like, oh, it sounds like me. Yeah. No, it's not a good place to be. And it's very funny. The guy that empowered, the leader that empowered me, he actually got promoted where the other one kind of was sta- very stagnant. So it's just very interesting of, you know, the, di- the different types of leaders so now when you go in and you are working with leaders, does the company bring you in or does that executive reach out to you directly? What does that look like when you start working with someone? And most of the times it's the company bringing me in means uh, it comes via HR, learning and development, because they are looking for someone who is doing a specific type of leadership training. Or you can also sometimes have a department leader of whatever level who says, hi, I want to do something for my team. So I do this for leaders and for teams. Um, For leaders, it's really about leading with authenticity. I have a very strong emphasis on that, that they understand who they are and then they understand who the people are that they lead, that they really look into what are their profiles, their motivations, their passions, to really understand the human being. So it's all about that. Yeah. And um, when it's about teams, it's a bit similar because some teams, especially newly shaped teams or newly composed teams, it's very helpful when at the beginning they get to know each other on a different level and I do this in form of a workshop it's not just fun and we go out and I don't know build together something in the nature or something yeah. like that yeah. do that and really do something where they work with their personality styles and the personality styles of other people because I think therein lies the secret of good communication yeah. because as long as you communicate out of your perspective because you think and you're convinced that this is the reality for everybody else you shape your message to the one and only person who will never get it, and that is you. Yeah. So it's really about, hey, you need to think totally differently. Maybe there's someone who is from a personality perspective, totally on the opposite. And whatever you say will feel to them like a threat yeah. or something that they hate or something they shy away from. And the more you emphasize that message, the more they shy away from that. The bigger the distance becomes between you and them. So it's really about understanding what do they need to hear and how can I say that while still being myself? Yeah. That's not about playing them. It is about stepping to their shoes, but still coming from your place and having this merger, let's say, between empathy and just and still being yourself. That is really powerful. And this is what builds trust at the end and what helps leaders to feel good about the way how they lead in the long run. Well, it's kind of like the the sales principles, right? You know, if you if are if you have a really aggressive personality, you're going in to to sales to sell something, and the person is very passive. You got to meet their energy, or else they're they're going to co- totally shut down towards you. It's the same kind of principle, which is very interesting. Some of these things have been around for a very long time, but sometimes we just don't get it. <laughs> um, when you are working with leaders, and um, how 
what does it look like when you see a shift in them when they are not like if they, you're working with them and trying to get them to kind of um, learn to communicate better, learn how to create that more co- cohesive team and um, just being a more maybe empathetic or um, supportive, you know, non-micromanaging manager or leader. What is it like when you work with them and you see that shift? The difference comes in when they come and tell me, wow, I have addressed this topic in a totally different way, you know, like I learned it now. And it's just amazing. We had such an open discussion and I realized that there was something lingering and going on, which I had never the the courage or taken the time to listen to. And suddenly, just because I was creating this connection differently, Things opened up, people opened up, they told me something about, I got real feedback that is interesting. And we were very quickly suddenly in a totally different level of collaboration. Mm -hmm. I think that's really the best thing that I can hear from them when they feed back on that. It's also about resolving conflicts, for example. You know, you have a lot of silent conflicts. It's not about shouting at each other. It's just not doing things, not answering, yeah, not not really reacting, these kind of conflicts, silent conflicts. And they realized that by by addressing people from from the heart and not just from the head, yeah, they realized that now suddenly everything that was blocked before starts to be in a flow again mm. because all these obstacles that people had put up in their minds, yeah. which blocked them from connecting, from exchanging, from being open to each other, suddenly break up and there is another openness and we are working on a different level. So if they don't fall back into old behavioral patterns, which is always a risk, I and mean, we all know that, how yeah, <laughs> hard it is to train a new behavior. But um, the best thing is really when I see that they learn from positive experiences, and then obviously you have some motivation to go on with it because you want to keep that. So then it becomes a new habit. And this is this is when I see after three, four months, it takes a while. A new behavior takes yeah. a while also to really show up and, and bear fruit. When I see that, then it's absolutely great because then I think the leader usually has made a shift um, to next level. They can build on further, but at least they are on that next level already. And typically when they get to that, when they have that shift and they get to that next level within their management style, it actually kind of opens them up to more opportunities within their corporate structure, right? Yes, usually it does because then they, they have that possibility to come up with own ideas more openly. No, because very often when we are not very clear about ourselves and we do not have clarity on how we relate to goals and why we are doing certain things in this organization, why we really do it, not just because we're paid for it. There are other reasons, you know, the intrinsic motivators. When they're clear about that, they have much more ideas naturally. It's very quite interesting. It creates more creativity because the mind is opening up. And at the same time, they have more courage to express it. Yeah. And to their hierarchy. Hey, guys, I have have really an interesting idea to speak up, which is also something many organizations aim for, having this famous speak up culture. You know, people say what they think and come up with ideas. So it helps them to position themselves differently. And there's much more reflection about it, you know, about the team, about understanding the whole dynamics that are working around them. And it helps them in Fine OC to become more aware of the dynamics that are happening in the next leader level the level they might want to achieve because the higher you raise up the higher the more you have politics out there oh that, yeah <laughs> that's <it's> really painful <laughs> sorry i hit a roll my eyes on that one <laughs> yeah exactly I, 
horrible. However, it's there. Yeah. But they can see it from a different perspective. They can analyze it differently. They see more what is behind these behaviors. You know, why why is somebody taking all the space, never listening to others? You know, they, they can see that differently. They they can actually by not taking all personally, which we which we do when we are not self-reflected, we take everything personally. Oh yeah. They can they can take this this step back and say, hey, it's not, it's not about me personally. I'm I'm just here at the moment. That's why I'm in front of that. But it's not me personally as a human being. It's rather around to set up the patterns, the behavioral and thought patterns that this person has and take a bit of a distance. And from there, they can handle the situations in a, in a more powerful way. And powerful is maybe not the right word. It sounds always like a bulldozer. That's not the point. It's more that you can you can manage it for yourself. You know, you keep calm. Empowered. Empowered. Empowered is the better word. Yeah, exactly. From an empowered place of being. Yeah, exactly. I have one more question before we start wrapping things up. And this might be a little controversial. You know, like I said, we are at a very complicated time in our world and we've got people that are, you know, not wanting to be identified with their gender, right? You know, we've got he, she, them, they, you know, all these different um, pronouns. How does a leader, maybe, I don't know if you've dealt with this yet, but in the workplace, you know, when you're in corporate, you're getting a lot of different personalities, right? A lot of different personalities. And I'm sure some of these things are coming out, you know, where people don't want to be, spec- you know, specified as a certain gender, you know, so, and I think that's got to be hard for some, I know it'd be hard for me because I'm very old school and it would be very hard for me to wrap my head around that and how I would deal with it. Now, do you help, do you help coach leaders around this new um, phenomenon, I guess, in in the world with, you know, people are not wanting to be identified, you know, it's certain genders. I have not done it yet, actually. Never have. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. But what I would say, what I would say, and I think, and I think this is important anyway, because it's not just about gender, it's also about, you know, maybe the culture or the social background. So what, what have you, you know, whatever it is that no. differentiates this person from other people. And I think what I would say is that try to really look at, I would say, the heart connection. Yeah. You know, the person, the human, no matter if male, female, or neither nor. Yeah. And just really look at the at the person. And I think which is anyway a good thing to do when we speak also about equal chances and all of that, to really look at the human being also at the competences, if that's necessary for it, for sure. But also at this more intangible thing, the human being, which means what do they have in their hearts? You know, what do they like most? What do they need most? What do they fear potentially most? And how can I work with them as a human being, no matter, no matter who they are, how they show up uh, in terms of external appearances, for example, and also what their background actually is to give them that chance to evolve as a human. purely it's hard because we're always biased by these views obviously we all have a different bias well it's label free but i have to ask that question because we are in different times you know and i'm hearing of you know there are kids now in school that are identifying as a cat or identifying as a dog and it's just like we are you know as a leader if you're starting to experience some of these personalities how do you deal with it right you know that's probably going to be a very interesting um situation for you if you have to coach someone that's dealing with someone that identifies as a a cat or talk. But anyways, Eureka, uh, this has been an incredible conversation. If someone wants to learn more and working with you, if there's a corporation or an executive or a business owner out there that's listening, 
Where can they find you, connect with you, and learn more? So the easiest probably is my LinkedIn page, Ulrike Seminati, my name. And my website is also ulrikeseminati.com. And then you can find the offers that I have for corporations, but also for individuals. I do regular courses, one and a half hour pieces around certain topics. If you're interested, just sign up for it. Come in, try it out. Um, I'm starting the next rounds in February. So okay. enough time to get it into yeah. the it? Yeah. And you have <laughs> yeah. a, a free e-guide, the yes. Art of Persuasion. Exactly. You also get it on my website. Okay. Uh, it's the Art of Persuasion. And it speaks about these different personality types and how you can adapt your message to it. So you also have quite a lot of hints and tips and tricks how you can apply this in the business world and a few exercises how to do this best. Perfect. You guys, I'm going to put those links in the show notes. So if you uh, resonated with what Eureka has shares, shared with us today and you're a leader and want to learn more, go ahead and go check her out on her website. Go connect with her on LinkedIn. Shoot her a message. I'm sure she'd love to continue the conversation. Eureka, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? Just be yourself and have the courage to enjoy that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amen to that. Have the courage to be yourself. It's something that I feel is so simple, but a lot of us lack. So thank you so much for being such a dynamic guest. And I love this conversation. I could actually continue asking a little bit more questions. There might have to be a part two later down the line. Thank you very much for joining us all the way from Switzerland. Thank you, Deanna, for having me. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And Athena and I will be back soon with more dynamic guests.